back. Stand with us this morning. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. We'll get right into our service this morning. Brother Gary, will you open us this morning? Thirty-two wonderful years for me, thirty-two hard rock years for her. Amen. <laughs> I told them that at the church we visited Sunday morning, and they asked about how long we've been married. And uh, she argued with them there, you know. Now she just smiles. She knows back amongst people who know the truth. All right. Got you a blue book this morning. Go to 154. 154.
page 52. 450, tis so sweet to trust in Jesus.
Trusting Jesus is a wonderful, wonderful thing. And for those who don't know it, I'd sure challenge you to get to know him if you don't. Uh, do continue to pray uh, for all those on our prayer request list. Sister Donna, say, lift her up. Praise the Lord for Brother Don's surgery and the way that it went. Amen. got some treatments coming up, but uh, pray the Lord just make all of those easy as well. Uh, I was gone last week, but glad Brother Jerry and Sister Joanne felt better and are back with us. Praise the Lord for that. Uh, do continue to pray for them. I do remember Brother Johnny Belts and Sister Sandy. Remember her mom uh, lifting her up in prayers. Uh, remember the Zach Dill family in your prayers. He's passed. Uh, so do remember that. And then also, um, you told me, Chris, Jeff Slayton family, remember them in your prayers this morning. He also has passed. Uh, any others this morning you want to call by name? Unspoken ones. Stand with us, if you would, this morning before ushers would come. Father, we thank you today for your love and mercy. We thank you, dear God, for the blessings you give us, Lord, for the opportunity to be in your house. Father, we praise you, Lord, for the prayers you've answered. Dear God, and Father, we understand that not every prayer is answered our way, but Lord, we say thank you today for answering our prayers, dear God, and help us, Lord, to better understand, dear God, and Lord, to be better uh, prepared to accept your will. But thank you, dear God, for what you've done in the lives of those that are here, Lord. We pray, Father, that you would help us, Lord, this morning to draw closer to you and to one another. God, we pray that we would uh, be sincerely desiring to see other folks saved, dear God, and brought to you, Lord. Father, we pray this morning that you bless the offering that it be used for thy glory. Well, thank you, Father, and praise you in Jesus' name. And amen. the blood, page 175 and, or 176 in your red book, or page 390, you want to hold a lot in your hand here. 
this morning, there is power in the blood. And uh, I'm so thankful this morning that that was that blood that he shed for you and I that allowed me to be saved, you know, set me on a new pathway. Uh, I'm not the old man that I was. I'm not the new man that I'll be, though. I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus, but one of these days I'll be new, new. You know, if you think about it, I've been born again. One of these days I'm going to get a new body. And I'm tell you what, I'm looking forward to that new body. Um, I can tell you for sure this week, uh, we, uh, we drove a little further than we normally drive in a day's time. And it was a little sore when we'd get out. It, we, I told, we looked a little stiff, you know. Uh, I crawled out of my truck instead of got out of my truck. Uh, I crawled back into it. But we're glad to be home. And then yesterday, Ned had worked me like a dog. I mean to tell you, uh, she let me pull out the French doors out of the back room. You know how the air conditioner works when you don't got a great big opening in the back? Um, constantly. That's how it works. But anyways, we got it framed back up and got a door put in there. Uh, doing a little reconstruction at the house. and um, So this morning, I'm doing pretty good. Tomorrow morning, she'll roll me out of bed, I guarantee you. Uh, go back to work, and I'll look like I... I, I look like I feel. Uh, so anyways, but glad to be back in God's house. You know, no matter how old you are, no matter how stiff you are as far as your body's concerned, you can have a good time in the Lord. But now if you're a stiff-necked person, and I say that, I'm not talking about your body now, I'm talking about your heart. The Bible says that God called the children of Israel a bunch of stiff-necked people. You think about that. It means that their heart was not humble. Their minds were not right. They were set against the things of God when they should have been set towards God. And church, I'll tell you something this morning. Uh, this nation's full of people who are stiff-necked. We really need to be mindful of that. We're not getting better, we're getting worse. As far as the country goes, as far as the world goes. They're not getting closer to God, they're getting further away from God. And uh, you say, Brother Ernie, you learned all that on your trip. No. I just had a lot of time to think. And you know, while I believe with all of my heart God can send a great revival in this country, I believe God can do a lot of things, but I'll tell you what it's going to take. It's going to take a lot of stiff-necked people getting down on their knees and getting right with God if we plan on seeing things turn around anytime soon. If not, I plan on going up pretty soon. I'll be honest with you. It's the day of the Noah, the Bible says, which means that there was just a few folks ready to go. And, I, and I've said it before, and I mean it with all my heart, church. I don't want to be here when there's only eight people willing to get on the ark. Uh, but you just think about that time frame and what they were. The Bible says their minds were on continual, their hearts were on con evil continually. That's all they thought about was what they could get away with. And yet God's judgment come nonetheless. We're living that way today uh, in dangerous times, especially this morning. All right. Well, I already had mine cleaned.
the man of God say something to them that would help them get through the week. And by the way, they did a lot of this because they had a circuit preacher. They didn't have one every Sunday. The circuit preacher would come through there and they would come out there and they didn't care what denomination he was from because they carried the same Bible back then. They carried a King James Bible back then. They, they didn't have a, a, a different, uh, they didn't have a big wide of doctrine back in them because see, that, back then they just come there and they told people about Jesus. It wasn't about how they could build up their church and build up their congregation and make themselves rich. It was about how they could lift up the kingdom of God and people come because that's what they wanted. Now the church is comfortable and the people are too. The problem is, the church is comfortable to sit in, and people are comfortable with their sins they're living in, and they wonder what happens. There's, there's still power in the blood. It's just that we won't give any room for that power to work. The Bible says, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof, and such turn away. They, they have a claim on Jesus. They have a claim on God. But they don't have a power. There's no power working there. They're, they're, they're just simply going through life. And they believe at the end of life because one day they said something to somebody. Or maybe they said, well, I believe in God. That God has to let them into heaven. God don't have to let nobody into heaven. Matter of fact, I've seen something the other day that said God sends nobody to hell. But he does go ahead and let you have your choice. Sometimes how that people, uh, and, and you think about kids, the pastor has, Brother Mike, he has uh, candy in his pocket. And, and sometimes the little ones come up and he'll give them candy out of their pocket. And, and you ever notice that the longer you go, if you don't ever get nothing rooted in there, they always keep going for the candy. The older they get, the more candy they want. They don't want any reality, so they keep coming to the preacher for some candy. And when the preacher gives them something harder than candy, in other words, you got to start getting to meat. you got to start getting to truth. you got to get somewhere in your life where change comes and takes place. And they don't want to change. They, they want candy still. They're not growing up in the Lord. They're not getting any stronger in the Lord. They're not walking any closer to God. They don't have any more faith than they had before. They're just going ahead and living their life the way they want to. And they think it's okay because they got a piece of candy. Why this world has been the condition the church is full of candy washers. Nobody wants to chew any meat. And then we get too old for the meat, so we start stuffing the milk. You ever thought about that? Well, I'm too old. I'm too, too, you know, it's just, I, church, I, I'm serious about this. I'm older than I was, not as young as I used to be, right? I'm not as old as some of you are, and you'll tell me that. 
not as young as somebody will tell me, well, honey, well, you're not as young as you used to be. I'm not. That means I'm closer to going home today than I was yesterday. I'm not as old as some of you, which means you're closer than I am possibly by age, but not absolutely by cause. You ever thought about that? Young man passed away this week, 15 years of age. Am I right, Zach? 15 years old. His family. As far as we know, unprepared to meet God. You know why? Because the people older than him resented God. They didn't tell him about God unless it was to blame God. You ever thought, you got a responsibility and I've got a responsibility. We've got kids growing up today and we talk about the welfare generation. Guess what? It's not just in a physical way as far as money goes. It's in a spiritual way too. They're depending on welfare to get them into heaven. Well, my mom and dad went to church and my grandparents went to church. Well, we got a King James Bible in our house and we got some form of Bible in there. I wonder. I don't mark in my Bibles anymore. But this Bible has two places in it that has an orange highlight on two different verses. And I wonder if you were to give this Bible to somebody and tell them if this Bible has everything they need. And by the way, there are two special verses. barely pick them up when we're at church. We quote scriptures. We don't even know what they are because we don't read them. You know why I used to say the things that I did? Because I didn't read it. Think about it. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Ever heard a pastor say that? And he doesn't give you the rest of it around there. Paul is talking about how that we who are born again, we who are ready to be with Jesus, we who, who've got him in our heart, we are willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. But the preachers pass, preach it like this, that if you die, you go to heaven. My Bible tells me there's more people going to hell every day than there are heaven. Straight is the way, and there is the gate that leadeth unto life eternal, and few there be that find it or enter therein, depending on which gospel you look at. But broad is the way, and broad is the gate that leadeth unto destruction, and many. What's the difference, church? Attitude? Social class? Occupation? How often you're in church? Your position in church? Can I tell you this morning, there's pastors who will die and go to hell because they don't know who Jesus is. They got a form of godliness, but they deny the power thereof. 
They're more concerned about how many pews are filled and how much money's going into the banking account and how big their wallet is because of the checks they're getting than they are about how many people actually are going to heaven. And there's people in the pews. And I, and I thought about this as I was thinking about that one. In, in the day, you know why? You know, I, and I, maybe I'm wrong in this. Maybe, maybe I'm absolutely wrong in this. But, but I, I believe in the day, back in the day, there was more people who wanted to go to church and go to heaven than what they are today. And, and, and they filled those up those little places there because their hearts were concerned about their eternities there. And, and there was a life-changing experience that happened to them. And preachers would tell them the truth. And they would say, hey, they didn't have to stand up there for hours and hours and hours and hours and hours and, and try to convince anybody. They just stand up and preach the gospel and the next people would get saved. Hey, they didn't have to have light shows and rock bands, and, and they didn't have to have all those things there. They just talked about Jesus. Matter of fact, if they had a piano, they might have been lucky. If they had a guitar, they might have been lucky. And if they just had a, a songbook for a couple of people, they might have been lucky. They didn't have to have the luxury. They needed Jesus. And they knew it. more concerned about where their paychecks are going to be. How big they are. What are they going to get to buy? Than they are about whether or not they're really going to go to heaven. If you die right now. Oh, I've heard that all my life, Brother Arnold. You know what the problem is? I pray to God we never experience it again here, but we don't believe that. The pastor says, if you died right now, where would you go? Well, I'm not going to die right now. I'm too young. I got things I got to do. I got plans. Well, I'd go to heaven. Why? Tell me really, why would you go to heaven? Have you been walking with God this week? Walking with Jesus? Have you been talking with Him? I mean, when you wake up in the morning, what is on your mind? What is in your heart? What is coming out of you? I'm not perfect, church. Don't let me think, make you think I am. I'm not. them and they chasing me because I get my mind set on other things. Woke up this week because he lives on my mind. I mean, just morning after morning. We've got the power on my mind morning after morning. Until then on my mind. Amazing grace. don't like it when you go to bed with him either. And he don't like it when he's your best friend through the day. Matter of fact, the world don't like it. And they don't think they, there's a lot of folks in church don't even think you need it. It's overrated, that kind of relationship. Don't get too far now. Don't get carried away. You know, the funny
start talking about God and the strong you try to live for God, they'll say, well, don't get too carried away now. But you know what? You can be on your way to hell and nobody says don't get too carried away now. You get too far. I've actually had people leave a church I was in because I was too conservative. And they weren't talking about my politics. But you know what? They had the guts to tell me that. There's a lot of people left this church over the years because I was too conservative. Not about my politics. But because I was preaching, get out of town. I'm not perfect. I'm not. But church, you're going to split hell wide open, and I will split hell wide open if we think we can get there by half-heartedly serving God. Just showing up here and there, being, being in the present now and then. I don't care. You can wear out this Bible, flipping from page to page to page to page every day. But if you don't get it in your heart, it ain't changing your life. guys are, they're at the gym, they're working out. They have the conversation, and the one tells the other guy, he says, I'll see you in church Sunday. The other guy, he goes, I'd like to see the person you. You gotta watch the whole movie to get that line, but I'm telling you something this morning. It's the truth. When God gets inside of you, the church, talking about Jesus, he is the church, folks. He's the body of Christ. You and I are members of the body. But the Bible says that we are the branches. He's the vine. He is. When it gets in us, it changes us. Changes us. I would just say this morning that I'll tell you what, I, I want to be better at doing it today than I was yesterday. I wonder how many of us believe we can die. Like I said, I pray to God, God didn't show it and prove it this morning. But how many people actually believe you're going to die? And you could die right now. Right now. And, and if, think about it this way. If you stood before God, how many of us would say, you know what, if I stood before God and God said to me, Ernie, would you have done anything different if you could have? Would, would I look at him and say, no, 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 Lord, I've done it all. Or if God said, would you have done it different if you could have? How many of you have a list? Boy, I'd have done it different. There are no do-overs. When you and I die, we go and we stand before a holy God, a righteous God, a, a sovereign God. 
a God who gave everything to you and I. He gave us His Son, Jesus Christ, to die on Calvary's cross. And if you will accept Him, He gives you the Holy Ghost to live in your life so that you will know how to live a life for Him. He gives you a road map and a word to tell you. And by the way, it is a sure word. Sure. What's that mean, brother? It means I can trust it. It's sure. It's not going to fail. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word, God says, will never stand. Not one jot nor tittle will God change until all is fulfilled. God's got it all right there, church. He's not made it a mystery. He showed it to you. The philosophy today is tomorrow, later, next week. plan on turning 16 or 14 so we can get a permit. We plan on turning 16 so we can get a license. We plan on turning 18 so we can do our own thing. We plan on turning 21 so we can drink or buy guns. We, we plan on turning uh, 55 or 60 or 65, whatever your retirement age is, so that you can retire. But you know what? We don't ever plan on dying right now. So what happens when we stand before God and we got a just God, a faithful God, a holy God, a righteous God, a, a God who, who gave us everything? What happens when we stand before him and he looks at us and he says, depart from me, you workers of iniquity, for I never knew you. But Lord, he said it in the scriptures, did we not heal in thy name? Did we not cast out devils in thy name? I mean, did we not do all these works in thy name? And he's going to say, depart from me. I never knew you. They used the power of God to their glory. They, they, they would go up and invoke the name of Jesus to get somebody healed, or they'd invoke the name of Jesus to cast out a devil, but they would not allow Jesus to come into them. That's the difference, church. God used Pharaoh to prove his power to the children of Israel, but Pharaoh never allowed the power of God to prove him. You understand the difference this morning? When the power of God works inside of you, You're different from the inside out. The new creature created in Christ Jesus. New. I've said it before and I'll say it again in closing. We will accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of our lives, Lord and Savior of our lives. Truly allow Him to be Lord and Savior. Do you 
I'm trying to be even more content than what I am. We was driving to the house last night. We went and got us something to eat. We was pretty hungry. And I said to Ned, I said, the Bible says with food and raiment, there will be content. I said, we ought to be happy. I had on a clean shirt, clean pants, shoes. We had some chicken, some fish fries, and some toast. On the way to the house with some unsweet tea. Content. We're more content with a non relationship with God than we are with the lives that we have. I, I was looking in the mirror this morning, I'm, I'm closing. But I was looking in the mirror this morning.
from one generation to the next, how the people would pray and pray, and then they pray less, and they pray less. They were more dependent upon everybody but God. And we always want our children to be better off than we are. Can I tell you something this morning? My children are better off than what I was. But I'll be spiritually better off. You heard the old saying, no parents should ever have to bury their child. And yet parents bury their children every day. Can I tell you something? They understood the most important thing in your life was Jesus Christ. Serving God, loving God, honoring God, following God, doing everything for God. Because let me tell you something. If they live life like you're living life and you're living life less than what your parents were living life when it comes to the things of God, you may be better off, but you're worse off. Instead of building up the kingdom of God, you're letting down the kingdom. Because sometimes I wake up and I've got the desire to do something that I know God don't want me to do. I'm not talking about going out and committing sin, adultery, fornications, and that type of thing. I'm just talking about making decisions in my life that God does not want me to do. And sometimes I want to do those things so bad. And then here comes that scripture. With food and raiment, therewith be content. Paul said, I've learned in whatsoever state I'm in to be content. He's talking about all of his ups and downs, his food, his shelter, his raiment, what he had, what he didn't have. It's a funny thing, though. People don't today, nobody says, you know what, you need to learn how to be satisfied with what you have 
you've got a car, you've got a house, you, you're, you've got a place to lay your head at night, whatever it is, you've got all that, you, you ought to be satisfied. But you really need to step it up with Jesus. You really need to step it up with God. No, when you step it up with God, they say, hey, 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 you don't need that. Now slow down a little bit. Don't get carried away. You don't have to do that. But when it comes to the things of the world, you need to step it up. There's never too much. There's never, there's never, hey, you know what? You ought to be satisfied here. Just stop. No, keep, 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 keep. One day you and I stand before God and God will not ask me how much is in my account. But I will be measured by how much of Him is in me. Would you stand this morning? Heavenly Father, today we come before you, Lord, and we're thankful, dear God, we're grateful, Lord. I could say, Father, this morning that I got it right. But Father, I know this morning you've got it right. And I need to do better with you. God, help me to quit trying to prove that I've got it better than my parents or my grandparents. Rather, Father, today, help me to start proving that you got more of me. I've got more of you. God, I don't know how long it took for Enoch's relationship to be such that you just felt like it couldn't be any better here, so you took him home to be with you. God, may we all walk in such a way, Lord, that one day we could say that we were here. The old saying would be the same as the scriptures was, Enoch walked with God and was not, for the Lord took him. God, may our names be substituted there that we walked with you. And then you took us. Father, deal with our hearts today. Help us, Lord, to be what you'd have us to be. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Would you come this morning? Let's gather around.